0: Amen. Thank you, worship team. What a glorious time of worship we've had already. I hope you will open in your Bibles to Acts 2. Acts 2, we're going to start with verse 42 and go through about verse 47. And we're going to talk about the life you've always wanted. John Ortberg wrote a book on the spiritual disciplines by that title. I've kind of uh, uh, captured that title for our title today, The Life You've Always Wanted. And we're not really going to talk directly about the spiritual disciplines, but we are i going to talk generally about them. We're going to talk about the church and about the importance of the church in, in your life becoming all that God created you to be, all of God, who God wants you to be. And so as we begin, I want you to think about the levels of living that are available to all of us. First of all, there's the level of survival. You know, you have food on the table. You've got clothes on your back. You've got a roof over your head. I grew up in a family with four kids and a single mom. We lived according to survival for much of the time. I was a, a, a youngster, so I understand that. This week, a, a friend of mine called. He's a, on staff at a church, a Methodist church in Las Cruces, and he was just heartbroken because there was a 70-year-old man who had been estranged from all of his children and all of his family. And he was a, a heartbroken because this 70-year-old man who had attended their church some wasn't a believer, had died in May. And for a month, his kids didn't even know it. And there had been a couple that moved into his house. He moved in later in life with his mom because he couldn't support himself. And so he took on renters to help pay the rent. And those renters uh, had supposedly given his keyboard to the church. And so his family was calling, calling my friend who didn't know the man had passed. And he passed in May. How does someone become so disconnected? His renters had been driving his truck since May. How does someone miss that connection to people? If you're just trying to survive, it's a miserable way to live. Second level is a level of success. Some people would say that's a better level. You're trying to make some money so you can buy some stuff so you can get ahead in life so you can make something of yourself. Be somebody. Well, this week I was having breakfast with a fella, and he said, hey, do you know this guy from Hereford? His name is Jason Collier, and maybe you've heard about him this week in the news. He was a police chief in Stanette who had a, a wife. He's on his second wife. He, he has two children with his first wife and two children with his second wife, and then he has two girlfriends on top of, of that second wife. You might say he's living a double life or maybe a triple life, And and so sometimes we think that is what... Life is all about you get all you can while you can get it. You sit on the can and you spoil the rest. No, that's not the level, is it? Because that ends up just as pitiful as the level of survival. So we're going to talk about the level of significance where you make an impact and you make a difference. And you're not just taking up space, breathing in resources. You're leaving a legacy. It doesn't matter how much you make. You might make a lot, or you might inherit a lot, and you might give a lot, and that's a good thing in that whole thing. But the thing is, have you been connected to people in relationship with people? Because that's how we experience the best life ever. It's through relationships, our relationship with God, our relationship with other people, our relationship with the world. And so we're going to talk about that from this Chapter of Acts, Acts 2, beginning with verse 42. And just a little background, what's going on in Acts 2 is is that the Holy Spirit of God has been poured out. We think sometimes we can't change, but we can through the power of God. Our past is no match for the power of God and what He can do in us and through us. You remember the old uh, cartoon character, Popeye? I am what I am, and that's all that I am. You remember that guy? Anybody? Raise your hand if you remember that guy. Children, you can watch him on uh, Boomerang. I just found that out. those, Those classic cartoons? It's a great cartoon, but you think about Popeye. I am what I am, and that's all that I am. Let me tell you, you are what you are, but that's not all that you are. You are what you are, but that's not all that you will be because the great I am says... I am what I am, and his power is made perfect in your weakness. And he can do things in and through you, and he can change you into the person that he created you to be. And so we take on the prayer of Soren Kierkegaard that says, Lord, by your help, make me more of myself. Because he's got a plan for you, and it's a plan to make an impact. And so what's happening in the the book of Acts is this power has been poured out upon the people of God through the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has so taken over them that they're talking in other languages and everybody is hearing in their own language. And people think that they're drunk. Peter says, no, they're not drunk. It's only nine in the morning. No way are they drunk. And Peter begins to tell them and preach to them. What's going on, that the the Spirit of God has been poured out, just like Joel said in the Old Testament. And Peter begins to say, it's because of what you've done to Jesus, the Messiah, and the Lord, and they are cut in the heart, it says. Their hearts are broken, and they are convicted of their sin, and they cry out to Peter, Peter, what do we do to make things right? What shall we do? And Peter says, repent, in verse 38 of chapter 2 and be baptized because you've been forgiven of your sin or for the forgiveness of your sin. There's a lot of different ways to translate that and interpret that, but primarily we want to understand what it means to to repent and what was going on there. They had turned away from their own ways, their own sin. They had crucified Jesus the one who walked on water, the one who fed the 5,000 with a few loaves and fish, the the one who healed the lame man, the one who gave the blind man sight, the one who was doing all of what Jesus was doing as he walked the face of the earth. They hung him on the cross. You realize that he went there for you and for me. If you do, then you're at the spot they were at. You were cut to the heart. You see, we are so wicked. And You think I'm not that bad a person. I'm not as bad as Jason Collier. I'm not as bad as somebody else doing something else that's worse than that. But you are so bad that the sinless, perfect Son of God had to be crucified in your place. But you are so loved that He was glad to do it. But for the joy set before him, not his joy, your joy, he endured the cross. And they were cut to the heart. And they said, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized. And added to 120 believers that day were 3,000. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine half the the city of, of Denver City or more? coming to know Christ in a single day. And so they went from 120 to to 3,120 in that one day. And what in the world are they to do? How in the world are they going to handle all these new Christians, all these baby Christians? Uh, They've got to understand more about what the good news Jesus came to proclaim was all about. They've got to grow in their faith. They've got to become all that God created them to be. They've got to become and live the life that they've always really They didn't even know it, and maybe you don't either. really want it. I want you to hear what Ortberg says about this. He says, the good news that Jesus came to proclaim, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news, Jesus says in Mark 1.15, is this. Jesus preached it. It's now possible. The good news is that it's now possible for ordinary men and women like you and like me to live in the presence of... And under the power of God. The good news is Jesus preached it is not about the minimal interest requirement for getting into heaven when you die. That's not all there is. But it is about the glorious redemption of human life. Your life and mine. The life you've always wanted. And so what would we do? They've got to flesh that out. And here's how they did it. In Acts 2, beginning with verse 42. Would you stand in honor of the reading of God's word? All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. This is on page 906 in that black Bible in front of you. And to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Oh, it's a great time in the life of the church. I think if we look at this, it's a great time in the individual people's lives of the church as well. And so what we're going to look at is personal transformation in just a moment. But we're also going to look at how, as each one of us grow in our relationship with the Lord and mature in our relationship with the Lord, that this place, not the building, but the people, become more and more glorious as well. Let's pray together. Father, teach us. Teach us about this life. Teach us about how to get aboard the fellowship of believers like these early believers were aboard. Lord, in your holy name we ask, your wisdom, your instruction, pour down on us. But more than that, Lord, your power to change us. For, Lord, we're all disappointed in who we are to some extent. But Lord, there's hope. There's hope in you that we can be more, more of who you've created us to be, and more like your son Jesus. Lord, we've seen that. We've seen how you've changed us and changed our desires, changed our direction. Lord, we want more of that because, Lord, that's all that matters really. All that lasts, really. I pray, Lord, for this world. I pray for this congregation. That as we get so distracted, You would bring us back to what matters. Lord, we can be oh so, so oblivious to the things going on. Lord, we don't want to be. We want to be sensitive to Your Spirit in step with Your Spirit. We want to see You working and moving. And joining you there, we want to join you. In the power of your strong name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You be seated as we look at life aboard the fellowship. How they were having this sweet fellowship in the book of Acts and how we can be a part of that. And the first thing I want you to see, if you have your bulletin on the back of your bulletin, this little outline is this. It starts starts with commitment. Now, that's a word that's not real common or real popular in our day. It seems as though we've lost commitment to almost everything that really matters. But what's going on is they were continually devoting themselves, and we'll look at what they were devoting themselves to in just a moment. But they were continually committed or devoting themselves to these several things. Now, you think about this for just a moment. How committed are you to the fellowship of believers? The Scripture says in Christ... We who are many form one body and each member belongs to all the others in Romans twelve five. Do you you recognize that? Do you realize that? That you belong, do you understand that you belong to each other? And would you just turn to the person next to you right now and just say, you belong to me and I belong to you? Would you do that? You belong to me, I belong to you. Now, husbands and wife, I hope you're saying that more than just now. But you belong to me, I belong to you. You know that in the fellowship of believers that we are in this all together. But how committed are you really? You think about it for just a moment. If an athlete never practices their sport, they're not going to be very good at that. They may enjoy it, they may like it for a moment, but they're not going to improve. They're not going to become... All they can be as an athlete without that commitment. A musician is that they don't ever practice their instrument or don't ever practice singing. They're never going to be all that they are created to be. In a marriage, you're not going to experience all that God has for you unless you keep those vows and you're committed to those vows for better or for worse and richer or poor, in sickness. and in hell. All those things, if you are committed, you will stick in there no matter what. You think about what what it really takes to be committed. It takes energy. It, It takes devotion. It takes affection. It takes attention. And so you ask yourself right in these moments, have I begun the journey to the life I've always wanted by being committed to the fellowship or committed to the things that God has called us to? Now, as we look around this place, there are several things I... I want you to see one of them is this, and I've shared this with you. If you're a new member in, the, in recent years, we've been walking through this whole Oikos strategy about what a uh, five-star church member is like. But a lot of you have been here a long time, a lot longer than I have. And so I want just you to know this as well. We've gone over this several, a couple of years ago when we went through the Oikos training. There are sheets in the, in the foyer on that table, these, these uh, what is that? I think that's called solar yellow sheet right there. And so if you would uh, pick one of those up, you'll understand a little bit more about what we're talking about. All of these things are found in Acts 2, 42 through 47. What does it mean to be a five-star member? Because we don't want just lazy members. We don't want just average members. We want five-star members. And the first thing is what we do every week is you're committed to reaching your oikos. You're committed to the mission God has given you in this world, in this life. I didn't give it to you. I didn't put those people in your life. I didn't give you the family you you have. I I didn't place you in the neighborhood you're in. I, I didn't put you in the job you're in. God did. And He's allowed you to be around those people to impact them for the kingdom. That's your household. Those are your people. They're going to listen to you, you see. All of us come to know Christ because someone who loved us shared with us how to come to know Christ. So the number one reason people come to know Christ is they know someone. And he's made a difference. He's transformed them. On the flip side of that, the number one reason people don't come to Christ is they know someone that don't live the Christian life the way it's supposed to be lived. And they say, I don't need that. So you got to ask yourself, what kind of, everybody's a witness. you Are going to be a good one? Or are you going to be a bad one? So that's the first element of a five-star member. The second element is what we, we do every week. We, we worship together. You gather in a larger group, and, and then you gather in a smaller group, and that's what's going on in the book of Acts. They're gathering in the temple. Where else can they gather with 3,120 people among them? The, the temple is the only place large enough for them to gather corporately, so there's a large gathering, and that's what we do in this place, but there's also, they're meeting home-to-home Uh, house to house. They're enjoying that kind of fellowship and taking the Lord's Supper home to home, smaller groups. And so that's the third thing. You just participate weekly in small groups. Folks, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're really going to grow more, not just from hearing a sermon, but from discussing and talking and asking questions. You can't do that. We couldn't do that in a, a setting like this. You need to be connected somewhere in a small group. We're starting those back next week. We've missed those. February 7th, those live groups are starting at 9.30. But we've been doing some on Wednesday nights. We have a women's study on Wednesday nights. We have a men's study on Wednesday nights. And so we have a deal with senior citizens on Wednesday at lunch, a prayer meeting. You can ask those kind of questions. We go over those things. Youth, We have that deal on, on Wednesday nights every week. We have a, we're have we starting back our children and use Sunday school next week. You've got to have involvement with other people your age about the same place you are in life. Participate in a small group. That's a five-star member. The fourth thing is this. You serve. You give on a regular basis. We'll get to the, more of that in just just a moment. Well, I'll just get to it now. You think about this. We are in trouble when we have more takers than givers in every element of life. In the church life, in the nation, wherever it may be, in your family, if you've got more takers than givers, you're not healthy. And so what's going on in the book of Acts it is the the ones who have aren't bound to their entitlement of how hard they have worked for what they have. Now, it, some people say, well, what communism is going on. They're sharing everything in come." No! Communism and socialism is what's yours is mine, and I'll take it. That's communism and socialism. But what's going on here is the church What's mine, they're, they're saying, is not as important as who you are and what your needs are. And what's mine is yours. And you don't have to take it because I'm going to give it. I'm going to give you whatever you need at this moment. Because you know what happened in the early church when people committed themselves to Christ? It's not like today where people today, it, it cost them very little. But in the early church, they were turning their back many times on their family. They didn't have a support system. Their new family, that's why I got to be called a family, was their church family. And so they had to be encouraged and supported by those folks in the church. And that's what's going on in, in this selling of property and distributing of all of that. They have, they have come to that level where they're helping and sharing and caring about people's needs. And so that's what we do when we serve. When we give more than we take. Now, I know, hey, I'm not ignorant, okay? I'm not real smart. I was born at night, not last night. I was just thinking about this. There are people that come to this church sometimes with their hand out, and we know, oh, they're back. Oh, no, they're just wanting something. Well, praise the Lord they're coming to us because they know where they can find something. And if they take advantage of us, that's on them, not on us. But what if they're not taking advantage of us and they're really in need? Then that's on us, is it not? And Jesus says, if you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. Nah, we're going to use good discretion. And we're going to use good discernment and all that. But just, just point blank, we got to give more than we receive. And that's the that's the last thing there on a five-star member. Just give... Regular financial support, so we can help people who are in need. You got that? So I'm going to give you four things here that they were committing themselves to in this passage, verse 42. And I'm going to we're going to use the acrostic wife. Okay, you can't have. God is your father without having the church, as your mother, Augustine, says. And so the bride of Christ is an image in the Scripture in Ephesians and, and Revelation both. But I'm just going to shorten it to wife because we know a happy wife is a happy life, don't we? We know if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? So when we think about these things, just, just use it across the country. Women, I know you don't have a wife, but just use this across. You'll remember this. Here's what they were devoting themselves to. We've already covered it in those five-star things, but that's just another way of putting it. Worship. See, they were connected in their relationship with God through worship. The breaking of bread and prayers and gathering in the temple and gathering in homes, they're bowing down to the one who's changed their lives. That's what we come to this place for just a little bit, we're going to sing the goodness of God. I love that song. And we're going to sing about how um, all our lives He's been been faithful. We come to this place and we bow and we worship. That's the W. Uh, The I is this instruction. They're devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now the apostles' teaching is another way for us to look at the the Word of God, the Scripture. Now in that day, the apostles didn't have the New Testament to teach from. They were in the business of living the New Testament and they were in the business of writing the New Testament, but they did have the teachings of Jesus and they did have the Old Testament that they could draw from and and they had uh, the Spirit of God working through them to connect uh, their teaching, what they've seen, what they've observed. And they shared that. And the early church couldn't get enough of it. See, That's why we read through the Bible. That's why we're doing what we're doing. As we look at the whole story, we're taking a little break this week to focus on the Lord's table. But most of the time, we're trying to understand all of the story of God, the whole story of redemption, the whole story of reality, so that we know where we fit in this story, where God can use us in our little piece of it. And instruction is like the building materials that God is going to use for the the reconstruction project that He wants to do in us, the transformation project. Instruction alone is not going to change us, but we need that instruction so that we have some material to work with. That's the I. The F is fellowship. Now, we think fellowship, we think food, don't we? Fellowship meals is what we say oftentimes. You know, Baptists are known for their potlucks and all that kind of stuff. But it's more than that. Fellowship is the word koinonia. And it's a commonness that they have a partnership that they have with one another. They're in this together. Sharing, caring, loving, and living. And the E is is evangelism or or an expression. What's going on is as they live out the life that God has recreated in them, that God has given them a a, a fresh start in. They share that. God's changed things. God's changed things with their mindset. God's changed things with their finances. God's changed, changed things in their families. I have no doubt about all of that. And so they... They share those things, and the Lord is adding to their number daily. Verse 47 says, those who are being saved. Give me at this point, will you? Dallas Willard says, it is the responsibility of every Christian to live such a soul-satisfying life under the loving rule of God that sin will not look good. You see what looks good to the outside world, to the lost world, and sometimes even to us? Often sin more than the life God has given us. The life we've always wanted. But in the end, it's not going to last. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last, and so we're investing in this. We're um, being committed to Christ's wife, the bride of Christ, through our worship and instruction and fellowship and expression there. So that's the first thing. And then you see the second thing that's going on here in the book of Acts is found in verse 43. They were in this great awe. It's a reverential wonderment. They're seeing all these miracles done, these signs and these wonders. And and they're saying, what's going on here? How is this happening? And they recognize it's not anything they're doing. It's the movement of God. And they are motivated by the miraculous. And that's what we want to see happen You know some things aren't going to be different in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in our nation unless God Himself performs some miracles. Are you asking Him? I believe He wants to. I believe He can. But I also think He wants us to ask Him. Are you asking Him on a regular basis? Are you praying big? Are you praying... For our nation? Are you praying for the leadership? Are you you praying for your pastor? Oh, you need the practicing. I need your prayers. Please, pray. Are you praying for our community and our community leaders? Are you praying about this virus? We ought to be. That's what they're devoting themselves to. Prayers. It's not just in the house of God that they're doing that. It's not just in the time of worship. But they're devoted to, to prayer. And as they are, they see God change their world. And this little movement that starts with 12, that goes to 120, that goes to 3,120 in that single day, is about to take over the world just a, two or three hundred years later. And it's filtered down all the way to you and to me. And God's plan of redemption isn't done. And so you and I are motivated when we see God working God working through a guy like Ian Leva. What's he gonna do as he commits himself? God working through you and through me. How are you gonna be used in his almighty hand? The last thing I want you to see is that life flourishes. This life you've always wanted flourishes through what we've already talked about generosity and gratitude and reproduction. See, the end goal for our lives is transformation, for us to look more and more like Jesus. But it doesn't stop there. What He wants for all of us is to reproduce. Life ends when reproduction ends. If you don't reproduce as a family, you're not going to have any offspring. You're not going to have any grandkids. You're not going to have any great-grandkids. You think about that for just a moment. This last December, another little strine was born in our line. My brothers are so jealous. I've got the only strine in that particular line. James Matthew Strine is going to continue the strine line. That's good, isn't it? Because my son reproduced biologically. But we've all got to be reproducing spiritually. That's what's going on. People see hey, we're under all this oppression from the Roman government. Not too different than our day in some ways, might not be too different. And yet, there's freedom. There's freedom in Christ, and nobody can do anything about about that. So I'm getting on board. I'm getting on board with this guy who came back from the dead. If he can whip death, he can handle whatever else concerns me. I remember the way he taught And the way we marveled and were astonished when Jesus was doing what he was doing here on earth. And then he died on that cross and we thought that was the end. But it wasn't. It was just the beginning. Because three days later he comes back from the dead. Wow. That's reality. And because he lives, you and I can enjoy the life we've always wanted. You see, He came not as a taker but as a giver. He came not to be served Matthew 10 I mean Mark 10, 45 says but to serve and to to give His life as a ransom for many. That's what we celebrate today. When we celebrate the Lord's table his giving of his life if anybody deserved to be served it was him he still deserves that but that's not something he claimed for himself that's something you and I give him because of what he's given us now if you're with us today and you want to participate in the Lord's Supper and you're a believer in Christ we want you to participate Because in Luke's gospel, Jesus sets up the Lord's Supper at the Last Supper. And in Luke 22, beginning with verse 19, it says, He took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then He broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance. Of me. And after supper he took another cup of wine. And and said. This cup. Is the new covenant between God. And his people. An agreement. Confirmed with my blood. Which is poured out. As a sacrifice. For you. The worship team is going to come now. And they're going to lead us in the goodness of God. And as they come, would you prepare your heart to take the Lord's Supper together? Then you hold on to those elements. Get those elements ready in just a moment. We're going to partake together in the Lord's Supper. So you just prepare right now. Let's have everyone bow their heads and close their eyes for just a moment and just ask, Lord, help me. Help me be who you call me to be. Help me be myself. Lord, help me. Cleansing me of my sin. My thoughts. My actions. My words. Lord, help me by helping me be the member, the fellow believer, the fellow follower of you, I need to be. Let I me mean, look around. Not just see what's in it for me, but see what can I give. What can I share? How can I help? Lord, help me be like you. Who gave your life. Totally and Completely. Humiliating, painful, saving on that cross. We worship you, Lord. Help us worship you now in your goodness. In your holy name we pray.